Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 253 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 1 Timothy chapter 1 today, and our focus is on why did Jesus come to earth, plus who wrote the most books of the Bible and who wrote the second most books of the Bible. And you know what? We're probably going to talk about several things today. Every day we do this. We get into the Word of God chapter by chapter, verse by verse, five days a week, like today. We're in the New Testament, and a couple of days a week we are in the Old Testament. Welcome to new listeners in Bihar, India, Copper Belt, Zambia, Al-Kahira, Egypt, Queensland, Australia, Groningen, Netherlands, Thuringia, Germany, St. Paul, Minnesota, Birmingham, Alabama, home sweet home, Hartford, Connecticut, Wilkes, Bar, Pennsylvania, and Quincy, Illinois. Our goal is to encourage you in daily Bible listening, reading, understanding, and obeying so I would encourage you to invite other people to join us in that. And the best way to do that is to share our website where you can subscribe to the show as well as find show notes for every episode and contact us with questions or comments. We're back in the New Testament today and I want to open with a bit of a trivia question, maybe a couple. Of all the Bible writers who wrote the biggest portion of the Bible in terms of words? Well, the answer is Moses who wrote in or edited a little bit of both, and compiled the Pentateuch, Genesis through Deuteronomy, and he also wrote a psalm. Now, I note here that Deuteronomy records the death of Moses, so there was obviously an editor who finished that book. Moses did not write about his own death, we don't think. But Moses is the only biblical author to have contributed over 100,000 words to the Bible. That's quite a lot. Behind him is, and this would be very difficult for most people to know, Ezra, the scribe, E-Z-R-A. He is the author of First and Second Chronicles and also the book of Ezra. Then after him, anybody know? The answer is Luke, the author of Luke Acts, and a slight, maybe, possibility for the author of Hebrews, which, if that was the case, would put Luke ahead of Ezra. After Luke, there we have Jeremiah, who wrote the longest book in the Bible in terms of total words, the book of Jeremiah, as well as the book of Lamentations. And then we get to Paul, who I imagine a lot of people think wrote most of the Bible. Well, Paul wrote 13 books of the Bible, but in terms of word count, he did not write most of the Bible. But when we're talking about who wrote the most books in the Bible, the answer, of course, is Paul with 13 books in total. Now, here's one that will stump almost every Bible scholar. Well, that's a bit of an exaggeration. How about one that will stump almost every Sunday school teacher? How Who wrote the second most books in the Bible? Well, the answer to that question, if you include co-authors, and you totally should, is none other than Timothy. Timothy was the co-author of 2 Corinthians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, and the letter of Philemon for a total of six books. And not many people know that about Tim- Timothy. In a lot of ways, he's a very unsung hero in the Bible, a mighty man of God who was incredibly fruitful for God's kingdom. Well, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to spend a lot of time in Paul's first and second letter to Timothy, which basically boils down to advice on church leadership and pastoring and teaching from the Apostle Paul. So here's our opening uh, question, the one we're going to focus the most of our time on today. 
Why did Jesus leave his heavenly throne and come to the earth? Well, we've talked about that question before because the Bible gives us multiple answers to that question. There's not just one reason. For instance, we'll go through 10 of them very fast. Jesus says he came to give abundant life. In John 10, verse 10, he said, I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Second reason Jesus came, and by the way, these are in no particular order at all, just reasons that Jesus came. Well, he came to preach the good news to the poor and set captives free and open blind eyes. We get that from Luke 4.18, where Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed. Why did Jesus come? Well, the third reason, he came to do God's will. So says John 6.38, where Jesus says, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Fourth reason, Jesus came to proclaim and bear witness to the truth. So says John 18, 37. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. The fifth reason Jesus came was to destroy and undo the works of the devil. So says 1 John 3, 8. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Number six, Jesus came to bring judgment to those who do evil, was what he says in John 9, 39. For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Number seven, Jesus came to serve and to give his life for many people. I'm combining those into one. And Jesus did the same thing in Mark 10, 45, where he said, Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Number eight, Jesus came to call sinners to God. So he says in Mark 2, 17, When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Also, number nine, Jesus came to die. According to John 12, 27, Jesus says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Finally, number 10, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. According to him in Luke 19, 10, which is exactly what he said. He said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. So you can see, just reading through that list, which is truncated, shortened, Jesus came for a myriad of reasons, many reasons, all of them of critical importance to humanity. And in today's passage, Paul is going to tell us one other reason Jesus came. And it won't come as a surprise, but it's worth our attention and our thanksgiving, our thought and our adoration. First Timothy 1.15 Paul says, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Well, why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus leave his throne? He came to save undeserving sinners like me and you. The good news is pretty well encapsulated in that statement. And in other places like Romans 5, 8, where Paul says, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What a joyful truth that nobody is excluded from because nobody is not a sinner. Well, to avoid that double negative, let me say, restate it and say we are all sinners and Christ Jesus came for us.
It's amazing. It's literally humbling. Not like the fake use of the word humbling that people use all the time. It's literally humbling and it's wonderful. Well, do yourself a favor. Find a list of reasons that Jesus came from Scripture and meditate on those reasons, reading them over and over and over and letting those reasons penetrate deep into your thinking. It will do wonders for your soul and my mind to do that. And, of course, you can check out today's show notes or transcript at Bible2021.com where I have all 10 of those scriptures listed out. One last snippet. Uh, This is a bit of a challenge. Notice what Paul immediately says after this most wonderful truth in verse 15. To repeat, he says, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I am the worst of them. Now that's pretty stunning. Paul says that right after, I am the worst of them. And he continues, but I received mercy for this reason so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Wow. What a marvelous attitude and an example of humility for us. Brothers and sisters, much of what the world is seeing right now from the church, from Christians, or at least people claim to be Christians, is not pretty. It's angry, it's haughty, it's prideful, it's ugly, it's resentful, it's bombastic and combative and bellicose and more of that. I'm talking about what I see from Christians on social media. I'm sure our lost friends are seeing that. And you know what? I'm positive our lost friends are seeing that because they talk to me about it. They talk to me about the indefensible behavior of Christians on social media. I'm talking about things like debates about politics, vaccines, masks, etc. I see very little humility in Christians posting on social media. And man, that's heart-wrenching. Brothers and sisters, consider your attitude. Imagine what your friends who aren't Christians think about you based on your stances on social media. Who are you? Are you first and foremost a freedom fighter? Are you first and foremost a Democrat basher? Are you first and foremost a president decrier? Are you a person sounding the alarm that a big fight is coming and you and your fellow Christians are ready to fight whomever the enemy is? I don't know. I saw a Christian friend of mine post something like that earlier. It was a threat to fight based on the current political mandates that are being considered right now. And uh, it actually had some profanity in it. And I was like, is, is that, is that really how Christians should talk? I'm not saying I agree with all of the mandates out there or anything like that. But brothers and sisters, our example is Jesus. Our example is Paul, who called himself the chief of sinners. Our example is humility. We're not balling up our fists and going after people and pumping out our chests. So what are we? Are we freedom fighters? Are we constantly posting big time attacks on defenses on social media or are we Christ proclaimers doing so with the humility of Paul who knew he was a chief of sinners and an example of the extraordinary patience of God do you think people see humility in you and in what you say on social media something to think about words to ponder as we read our passage which is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus, our hope to Timothy, my true son in the faith. 
Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you when I went to Macedonia, remain in Ephesus so that you may instruct certain people not to teach false doctrine or to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies. These promote empty speculations rather than God's plan which operates by faith. Now the goal of our instruction is love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and turned aside to fruitless discussion. They want to be teachers of the law, although they don't understand what they're saying or what they're insisting on. But we know that the law is good, provided one uses it legitimately. We know that the law is not meant for a righteous person, but for the lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinful, for the unholy and irreverent, for those who kill their fathers and mothers, for murderers, for the sexually immoral and males who have sex with males, for slave traders, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to the sound teaching that confirms forms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God which was entrusted to me. I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an arrogant man, but I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. But I received mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Timothy, my son, I am giving you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies previously made about you, so that by recalling them you may fight the good fight, having faith in a good conscience, which some have rejected and have shipwrecked the faith. Among them are Hamanaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered to Satan, so that they may be taught not to blaspheme. Well, amen. Let's close with our Bible memory passage for the month of September, which is found in 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. Good day, friends, and Godspeed.